0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Medical Liability Minute. It's a podcast where we summarize modern medical legal threats to doctors in 15 minutes or less. And the reason we do this is so you can continue practicing great medicine with peace of mind. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Siegel, founder and CEO of Medical Justice, an organization dedicated to protecting doctors from frivolous lawsuits, internet, libel, unwarranted demands for refunds, and a bevy of other medical legal threats. I'm joined today by my co-host, Mike Sakopoulos, who serves as our organization's general counsel. And without further ado, I'm ready to start jumping in. Here we go. We've blogged about this in the past, and it's a rule that seems somewhat unique to Pennsylvania, but a family practice doctor um, was treating a husband and wife, um individually, they were they were married at the time, and um, the husband and the wife were both patients of the family practitioner's practice uh, for a number of uh, for a number of years. And um, the um, the wife ended up having a whole collection of um, of, of problems um, where she um, had anxiety stress, attention deficit disorder. Uh, and uh, and so on, and eventually came to believe that the family practice doctor had cured her of her problems. She told him that he was her hero and that she believed she was in love with him. And of course, that evolved into a uh, sexual relationship, which lasted for approximately uh, one year. Uh, They would have sex in the office, in a car, and at the, um, at, um, the patient's parents' residence. Um, uh, I take that back, the doctor's parents' uh, resident. So anyway, the patient um, uh, tried to break it, or the wife tried to break it off uh, at one point, um, and the doctor convinced her to continue until finally the wife ended the affair in, um, uh, in January of 2003. So this is from several years ago. Now, this is not all that interesting in and of itself, but the doctor was also taking care of the husband. So he was treating both the husband and the wife. It took care of him. Didn't yeah, it? so the husband, um, what were the husband's problems? He was depressed, he was having issues, he felt like his wife was becoming distant and the, the, the uh, family practitioner kept um, providing antidepressants and other types of treatment to the husband Um, When in point of fact, the doctor was the source source of the of the the problem. Yes. And not only that, but he pressured the the wife to continue the relationship. And ultimately, um, you know, when it came to an end, as they often do, the wife fessed up to the husband explaining what was going on. And then the two of them turned around and sued the doctor for a number of reasons, one of which was medical malpractice. Others include intentional infliction of emotional distress. Now, where this became interesting was that this case went up through the appellate levels and the argument that was being made was that um, having sex with your patient is not part of the standard of care in terms of. Thankfully. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And historically, there have been situations where psychiatrists um, have been successfully sued for violating the standard of care because of the interesting power dynamic in psychiatric cases. We alluded to that earlier, right. um, or even in the, the case of the oncologist, where there's a very challenging power dynamic between the two. The family practitioner is basically saying, look, I'm a family practice doc. I'm not a psychiatrist. And um the power dynamic is really no different than me just hanging out in a rural community and just being a member of the community of 2000 people and just wanting to date someone. That was the argument that was being made. Um, now it turns out he was treating the patient for, uh, for depression and anxiety, the types of things that a psychiatrist psychiatrist might treat. Right. And, um, Interestingly enough, the court agreed with the doctor. That's when I said the doctor had won, but arguably really just lost less. And their comment was that uh, for a family doctor, general general uh, practitioner, um, they state that it's very different than any prohibition about having sex, consensual sex with patients, making this very different than those who treat mental health Problem. So it was a case of first impression in Pennsylvania. This is from a number of years ago. Uh, I don't know that this would have the same outcome today in today's uh, environment. But, but I, I think it's it's worth noting. This is in the civil court where the patients are trying to receive a monetary um, award out of this lawsuit. It's not before the Pennsylvania Board of Medicine, who I would think would take a completely different. Uh, point of view and say, we don't care um, if you think it's medicine or not, it's conduct that we're not going to tolerate and we're pulling your license. Right. The Board of Medicine has very broad authority to discipline anything they consider to be unprofessional conduct. And unprofessional conduct is both defined and undefined. There are line items or bullets uh, for unprofessional conduct. Um, For example, if you... um, are convicted of some type of criminal offense that may trigger unprofessional the definition of unprofessional conduct. But there's also a broad basket um, of, of unprofessional conduct which is not described. It really is in the eye of the beholder. You kind of know it when you see it. And um, having a sexual relationship with a patient for a long period of time Particularly when you know the patient is married and they're also your patient, I think would trigger um, disciplinary action for unprofessional conduct. I, I agree. And with that, we're at the end of our broadcast. Thanks for joining us. In closing, a few messages. If you're an existing member of Medical or Dental Justice and you find yourself on the receiving end of a medical legal threat, please contact us at 1-877-MedJust. That's one 877 or 633-5878. Our STAT hotline is a service offered to all current members. It's designed to get your urgent medical legal questions answered ASAP. Members can also access a plethora of exclusive medical legal resources by logging into their members-only page, which can be accessed by our website, medicaljustice.com. Now, we want to protect as many doctors as possible. If one of your colleagues is in trouble, please refer him. When a current member of medical justice refers a colleague and that colleague becomes a member, you both receive a month of free protection. To refer a colleague, write to us at infonews. that's inep Frank O news at medicaljustice.com. That's infonews at medicaljustice.com. Now, if you're not an existing member of medical or dental justice, but want to bulletproof your practice from medical legal threats, our admin, Wendy Cates, is your best resource for information about our protection plans, implementation best practices, and pricing models. Wendy can be reached directly at 336-358-5587. We offer discounts for large groups and protect doctors of all specialties in all states. Now, before we close, one last request. If you enjoyed this episode, please write a review on your preferred podcast provider and share our podcast with your colleagues. Reviews help maintain our podcast visibility, which in turn helps us reach a broader audience. This helps us protect more doctors. Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you'll join us on the next episode of the Medical Liability Minute.